everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, can y'all believe it's been two weeks since we were last live? So thank y'all for logging in again. So today we're going to be talking about culture. Um, so obviously we've been living our values here at Alford for 30 plus years. We've only written them down about 10 years ago. Um, and so I wanted to review those real quick. So um, our values statements, uh, deliver exceptional service and support, seek the right solutions, selflessly serve each other, our clients, and the global community, embrace diversity, always be innovating, and welcome challenges. And so here we are again in June 2020, and it seems like every two weeks the world is very different when we check in. Um, a lot of things have been in the news. Um, so tell me about how our values align with what is going on in the world right now. Well, I think I hope very well. Um, as they said, one of the obvious items right now in people's minds is, I think, diversity and embracing that. And um, for me, it's always about respect, you know, for our fellow man. And with the things that have happened with uh, the George Floyd uh, being murdered this past week, uh, it's on everybody's mind, uh, if the services were today. And that kind of injustice as a country and as people, we just all have to stand up against that. Uh, we have to do our part to stop things like that from happening. And, you know, I'm one of those people, a lot of people think that the individual can't make any difference or it doesn't matter what we do. And I'm not one of those people. I believe it very much matters uh, what we do. And uh, so I think as individuals, um, I think it's just really important that we love each other, respect one another, embrace those differences. Uh, I do hope that we judge each other more by our actions and our heart than a single spoken word or something we set out of turn without, without meaning to. Uh, I hope um, that it's a time we'll all take to understand one another uh, better. Um, one of our ex-employees and good friend, uh, Alan Bell, who is a person of color and a great friend of mine for, I don't know how many years, but a lot, uh, decades, uh, he wrote a piece on Facebook that I thought was just super well written and where he's coming from. And I was appalled that some people wanted to argue with it. Um, it's where he's coming from, and it's his approach, uh, his, his feelings on the situation. And I would hope we all, with Alan and everybody else uh, of all walks of life, would respect where somebody else is coming from and take time to read it, do our best to understand it. Sometimes it's hard. We don't all come from the same place. But uh, that's a person that I know, and I know the love he has for everybody. And I hope as a country, and uh, sometimes as a country we feel like we're kind of powerless, but as people we're not. Uh, that we would, instead of argue with someone on something that writes something wonderful like that, take time to look at it, appreciate it for what it is, and show love back rather than hatred. Yeah. That's where I am. <laughs> Definitely. I think that makes perfect sense. Um, so again, today we're going to be talking about culture and what makes us different here at Alford Media. And some of the things we do are kind of weird and unique and make us special. Um, so let's start with uh, the color burgundy. What does that mean to you? Well, the uh, Color and Burgundy, actually, I'll give my older brother Steve uh, credit. He had Alford Media before I started with uh, Alford, and uh, a lot of people think it's the Aggies. It was not. It was actually our high school colors, uh, but it's come to mean uh, what the company stands for. Uh, when somebody says we're Burgundy, we mean people that are altruistic. We mean people that are here to help one another. Uh, to me, uh, the Alford culture and what I hope I stand for is, uh, I guess, first and foremost, is trust in the individual. I just don't waste much time worrying about um, 
not trusting my people. If uh, one of my classic examples, if somebody doesn't show up on Monday morning, there is a tendency to say, oh, well, they must be hungover, or they must be this or that. Um, no, I'm going to assume if the person calls in sick, they are. Uh, if they're not, all I'm going to do is make them angry for uh, not trusting them. If they are sick and I question it, I'm going to lose that person's trust, so there's no gain either way. Now, if somebody is sick every Monday for five weeks, obviously, <laughs> we have to make some changes. But um, it's just a simple way that I think uh, too many people will get to start wondering what the other person is doing. What difference does it make? We, we need to trust one another. And um, at Alford, our um, face to the public uh, usually not our salespeople. It's usually not us here in the office. It's people on show site. And so from day one, and I worked for somebody who did not trust people on show site. You had to answer 40 questions to get something done when you were under tremendous pressure. And so it's all about trusting the people there that are in the trenches, uh, what they're doing. And it's not a matter of always making the right decision. It's a matter of the right intent. And so for me, uh, that's a huge piece the Alford culture is respect for that individual and the belief that they're doing the best they can, whatever that may be. Uh, and then the other thing, it, it may sound, and I guess it all sounds a little simplistic, but is uh, I treat them like family. And um, family is very important to me. As family, we argue, we disagree, we sometimes don't, uh, we have pretty heated discussions, but in the end, we still love each other, we care about each other, uh, we want the best, and I try to be that way with everybody that uh, works for or with me, up of her with me, uh, because it's just a whole lot more fun. And speaking of fun, I guess the next cornerstone, and as my younger brother David used to say, this life's not a rehearsal, <laughs> it's the only one we get. And so being out on show side or being at your home and being miserable or assuming the worst of somebody else is just a colossal waste of time, and especially right now when we're all stuck at home and you can <laughs> kind of get stuck in some bad thought processes. Um, laugh about it. Have fun. Call somebody. Uh, Nicola Taylor texted me right before this started just to see how we were doing, and she always says hug and kisses, and then she put virtual, of course. <laughs> uh, I look forward to when it's not virtual, but... We need to be propping each other up in this time and keep the culture going. And uh, we can still love each other and show love, even though we can't physically give each other a hug. So, yeah, agreed. And definitely, yeah. And being part of the Alford Media family is a big deal, too. It is a big deal. Yeah. I hope. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> and it, it, part of the family atmosphere is, again, is also one of those things that makes us, you know, weird, different, unique, or at least we like to think so. Um, so one question that we didn't get to last time because it came in just as we were signing off was uh, Stu wants to know about your favorite chili recipe. He's probably not going to like my answer uh, <laughs> because I never do the same thing twice uh, when it comes to that because yeah. it depends on the meat I'm using. I use some uh, unusual uh, uh, protein at times, but uh, if you want the basics, use three tablespoons of a good chili powder per pound of meat. You can use a little less if you don't like it, but that's a uh, kind of the starting spot. And then uh, start off with about a teaspoon of salt per pound of meat, uh, and you won't go wrong. Now, when I make chili for a competition, like you see the best chili award there, I actually use multiple chili powders so that it's not all one uh, dimensional. And when I'm cooking a lot, I also add some when I'm browning the meat, some halfway in, and then right before I serve it, I add the last batch. Um, I buy a lot of my stuff. I'll give a plug here for somebody from Pendry's Chili Spices. They started over 100 years ago in Fort Worth. 
I love going over there still, even though it's all manufactured behind the Anatole. Uh, so when I'm in a pinch, I go to the factory. But go online there. They have all the winners of the Tlingula chili cook-off. And, uh, you know, co uh, copying somebody is the best flattery. Right. So I copied those winners that did a much bigger contest than I did. Right. Uh, tell me what you think. Um, beans or no beans? It is not chili if it has beans in it. It's Yankee <laughs> stew, which is nothing wrong with that. If my wife is watching. She makes great uh, chili stew, uh, which has tomatoes and peppers and onions. Chili, you sh the only thing you should be able to discern is meat or it's not chili if you're a Texan. Right, right. Texas chili, no beans. Um, so one of our culture things that we do to have fun, food, fellowship, um, and we kind of, uh, we have a presentation so we get to dress up and, and be silly at our chili cook-offs. Um, I believe that started back in 2001 um, where we just wanted a reason to get together and have fun. So here we've got the sales team. Uh, this was 2016, and y'all may remember when, like, clowns in the woods were spotted. So our chili cook-off is hosted outside every year, rain or shine. And then they had, they were dispersed around all the edges, and they came out from, like, the woods and behind the buildings, and it was very scary. Creepy. Yes, creepy. Creepy is the better word. Um, so what do you think, what, like, what's your favorite part about the chili cook-off? It's seeing everybody, uh, working with everybody in a fun environment, for sure. Uh, cooking and trying to talk to everybody can be a bit stressful. <laughs> so uh, I have, by the way, started to cheat, and I use an electric uh, roasting pan rather than real fire, which I used to do. Mm -hmm. um, but so that it's more important to have time to speak with everyone. But the presentations are a lot of fun. Um, and um, uh, since I usually stay here in town at the lodge, as many of you know, we have a house on premise, I can drink beer and not have to drive anywhere, so I'm safe. So it's uh, so usually some pretty good beer at the chili cook-off, too. Heck yeah. So. Yes. Um, well, speaking of which, uh, what is your uh, favorite drink of choice these days? Well, my current, because it's hotter than hell, I work out on the farm. So after hard day's work right now, I do the southern thing and have a mint julep. We have a lot of mint growing in our backyard, so mint, a little sugar, and some good old whiskey. <laughs> um, it's pretty much a great way to end the day. I do have to make sure it's really the end of the day. Sometimes we work till dark. And after you have a mint julep, the day's over because <laughs> um, it's a pretty stout drink, um, at least when I make it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to say hi to some people that are we know are watching. So we've got Karina and Janice and Gary and Les Brown. Hey, y'all. Um, send us your questions. We're going to talk about, again, we're talking about culture today, but we will... Um, We'll talk about just about anything today, so go ahead and send your questions in on Facebook. Um, so the next thing, let's get to um, some of the fundraising things that we've done to raise money here at Alford Media. We have done some really cool things to raise money for the American Heart Association. One of those um, where people had to spend money to get whipped cream pies to throw in the face of the leader of their choice. You can see Steve there. Um, that's David, and you can tell Steve that was not the first pie that uh, Steve had received that day. There were a lot of pies that went around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we raised a lot of money um, for the American Heart Association that day. Um, oh, look. <laughs> There's Gary. Um, do you tell me what it is? What is it like getting pie to the face? It's great. If you like whipped cream, uh, most people are reasonably gentle. Uh, you can get a bloody nose when you get hit a little too hard with a pie pan, but, you know, sure. small price to pay for raising money for a good cause. Yeah. 
and giving everybody a good laugh. And as always, there's uh, good food involved as well. That is true. When I was going through looking for pictures for all of our culture stuff, we almost always have food. Food buffet style is always involved. I, I almost <laughs> picked all those pictures just to have a collage of food pictures, but no one wants to like watch all of us eat. I don't think that. <laughs> Family reunion. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, so along those lines of fundraising, we also raise money um, for the American Heart Association via the Heart Walk. Can you tell me the special connection that we have to the Heart Walk? Yeah, we've, I don't know how many years we've been doing the Heart Walk, but it's a lot, to be honest. The first year, Carrie Freeman uh, Parsons called me and asked if we would help, and we did. Uh, but Sean Logan, who this is his team, it's, uh, he faces a lot of heart problems, so it's near and dear to his heart and uh, to all of us. He's been a member of my family here for over two decades, probably approaching three mm -hmm. uh, decades now, and um, tr his family truly is part of the Alford family, and so it's something that means a lot to them, which means it means a lot to us, and so I think he's captained the team every year. Uh, mm -hmm. isn't he? And, uh, and it's a lot of work, but we raise pretty good money every year. And it's, I don't get to participate every year, but I've done that walk many times, sometimes with dogs, sometimes without, and it's always a uh, great fun. And yeah. about half time of training. Yes. At least when I go. Yes, that one does <laughs> not have a good weather record compared to our chili cook off. It's only rained really bad the one time, one time that I can remember. Yeah. Whereas the heart walk, it's like every other year. The drop breaker. It's a, yeah, it is, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, I want to say hi to some more people that have logged on and said hello. So we've got uh, Steve, obviously he's watching. Hi, Steve. Um, Todd Pickle, Billy King, and my mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> um, so let's go on to the next. Still, no one's asked a question. We're here, going to answer everything live. So go ahead and ask us. Um, so back to culture, some of the things are not necessarily um, like Alford based, our employees drive it. So we had recently, well, I guess it's been a couple of years now, we had a derby um, and that was put together by Wade DeBold. He's the middle there in the blue shirt. His was the speed racer themed and we borrowed the racetrack uh, from our neighbors at the container store, where we got the idea. Um, so at this event, again, this was all employees put together, no like sponsorship, and um, we just found a reason to dress up. That seems to be a theme that we do, <laughs> dress up to make fun of ourselves. Um, this one, we didn't raise money for charity. It was just to get together um, and have fun. And I believe that the lightest car won that day, not the heaviest, because there was a weight limit. And I know you didn't get to be here for this, but did you hear any stories? Um, I'm sure I did, but I'll be honest, I forgot. I got called out of town, as we all do in this business, uh, last minute, and so was not able to attend, which I try to attend all of our uh, functions for the most part. Um, there's a couple that I don't, and I think one of them's coming up, so I'll talk about that when it comes up. <laughs> uh -oh. But everybody seemed to have a great a great time at this event, and uh, like I said, our great friends over at the Container Store who help us out with our chili cook-off with parking and other things, uh, we were over helping them and saw the track, and so Wade and them decided to do it, and uh, it had a great response, a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, so also one of the um, non-sponsored event, but something that we do is we have a, a fantasy football team, which I know football is not, uh, not, not your game. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know Patty likes football though. She loves football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so Wade is, in all these pictures, it seems like, but Wade <laughs> won this year, or in 2016, where this picture is from. Uh, Steve had won the year before, so that picture's not staged. Yes. That happened in real life. Um, and that was then. Um, also that year, so that trophy's been around for as long as we've had a fantasy football league. And then also the new trophy that year was the Golden Plunger for the last place person who happened to be, unfortunately, Mr. Matt Dietzler. <laughs> Again, photo not staged real life. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good times. Well, the good news for me is I don't have to worry about this because I know nothing about football. I played when I was young because as a Texan, you're supposed to. And uh, one of the happiest uh, years of my life is when I decided I really didn't give a rat's ass anymore and I quit, which was in ninth grade. Haven't played a game since. <laughs> gotcha. Second only to golf. Uh, things that I... Detest. Right. Could you be more different from your brother? I could not. <laughs> That's Steve's favorite game, I would yes. guess. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so something else that we do that's directed at like employee grassroots only is our spec ops, um, where we have um, a group of our techs come in to basically like teach the next generation of our warehouse employees and get them up to speed. Tell me what you think about our spec ops. Well, I think it's great. It's, I'll be honest, when it started, I didn't understand it. Uh, it was uh, more the brainchild of Pat Reed, who's is here with us today. And I was uh, before this event, he, uh, we were talking about it and uh, I was thinking five years is actually, I was told, been seven years. Time really flies in this business, but uh, it's evolved like everything. Uh, and I think now not only do the road guys come in and they give their time to work with the warehouse guys and the newer guys on uh, uh, technical things, how things should be packaged, how they should be used uh, so that they can be better at their jobs and know how important they are to the success of the company. But I think it's also evolved uh, maybe equally importantly where the warehouse guys are showing the road guys what they go through and how they pull stuff and why they're doing what they do and coming up with what's best overall. Uh, because it, it seems um, like it would be a simple thing just to put a bunch of crap on a truck and get to a show. Um, but it's not. I, I think I mentioned to Rachel earlier, we just did our first live shows since mid-March uh, for the Texas Democrats this week. And I was kind of glad we missed a couple of items because it was pulled by the people doing it. And I think it just says how hard, even with RFID, even with great trucks and great people, when you're talking a few thousand items, uh, it, it's very easy and it's never, again, trusting one another. It's never an intentional miss. And so it's not important. It's imp we try to miss as little as possible. But the important thing is knowing that other person did their best and they're going to do everything that it is to remedy the situation quickly. And uh, uh, we did that just this week. And yeah. I think it's uh, uh, where else, guys, if you're watching, road guys can miss something, too. <laughs> uh, we're all in this together. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so we have some questions. So um, Jim Russell wants to know, what brand of cigar do you enjoy the most these days? Well, my, my favorite cigars are any Cuban cigars that my boss, Ken Sanders, shows up with because uh, he does a better quality <laughs> cigar than I did. Right. So he, he was here visiting, um, I think, two Tuesdays ago and, and graciously brought, uh, I believe it was Bol uh, Bolivia uh, Boulevard, sure I'm mispronouncing it, but they were wonderful uh, Cuban cigars. Uh, so if I, if I have a choice, Ken, just keep showing up, bringing great cigars. Um, my second favorite is, uh, I guess it's kind of the same as my first favorite, which is any free cigar that somebody else gave me. <laughs> right. Um, but um, I smoke medium-bodied cigars, uh, good Arthur Fuente, uh, 
Uh, recently, I've been smoking a lot of brick house cigars. I found them on a cruise. Uh, I found a cruise room a year or two ago, and I've really enjoyed them. So I, I'm still doing quite a few of those. Right now, I have a Rocky Patel uh, Decade uh, in my hand. Um, but that's what I like. And occasionally, I smoke, a, for those of you who know cigars, it's called a Candela wrapper, which is a green uh, wrapper, very mild. But I do it because my father had one in his hand for years and years, and he, he wouldn't light it until it was disgusting. He would chew on it for like four or five days until one of his friends said, for God's sakes, would you light that thing or throw it in the trash can? <laughs> uh, so I'll buy a box of those like once a year just to remember my dad. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and then what you were saying about your favorite cigars for just, free, it makes me think of Mark Anderson, who always says his favorite flavor is free. free yes. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're watching Mark, hi, we're thinking about you. Um, so the second part of Jim Russell's question was, he said, seriously, though, how do you maintain such an amazing culture over the years and how do we keep it fresh? Well, as simple as it sounds, it really is trusting one another no matter how hard that is at times. When you're on a show and things are going south, there's a tendency to second guess uh, everything. And uh, it's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. um, so to trust those people out there, uh, now don't get me wrong, after a lot of shows, we have uh, learning events to you know figure out what went done when that show's over and how we can make it better the second time. But during the heat of battle, it's all about supporting the person uh, in the field. And then, I think another thing, I don't know if it's keeping it fresh, but all of us, um, Rachel here, uh, many of us have gone through very difficult personal times with family, deaths in our family, our, our extended family and direct, and being there for one another and understanding that um, the best person under trying circumstances, it can be very difficult. And so uh, just like a show, if you go to a show that's easy, everything works well, to be honest, nobody remembers you. If you're fixing your own crap, nobody remembers you. Uh, but if you're helping someone else, if you're being altruistic and, and solving somebody else's problems, uh, people remember that. And so whether it's a personal uh, issue, a tough time, somebody at the company's going through and we're here for each other, they've been there for me. Uh, in 2017, which I uh, refer to as a year from hell, I damaged my Achilles tendon on one leg, then I broke my leg and had seven screws put in it. The guys put up two truck ramps so I could get out of the uh, lodge and get over here to work. My wife and son picked up. We had people um, during that time, a tornado tore up our farm. My mother-in-law passed away. My son got married. And then a week after I got off, uh, after 12 weeks of no weight on my foot, I whistled up my dog and my dog broke my leg again. Um, the other leg, right? The other leg. No, yeah. same leg, actually. Oh, same leg. Okay. Yeah. And so, but people stepped in to help without ever asking. And I've tried my life uh, and to make sure Alford uh, is there to do that same thing because we all go through good times and bad times. So I think the key is whether it's an hour on a show uh, and we're trying to fix a problem. Uh, I know with uh, not to throw the Texas Democrats under the bus, but the guys had to lay off over 200 different video rows over two days because they came in in every format. They stayed up till four in the morning, putting them into a single format so they would play back. Uh, and making sure that everything went as good as they can. And uh, real honestly, that wasn't what we were hired for, was to redo all the software, but it's what we did to make the show run right. And the guys do it without even thinking about it. I, I think they enjoy it, not at 4 o'clock in the morning, but the next day when they're, when they're successful. And it uh, sure makes me look good. So <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. Heck yes. And um, yeah, I could definitely talk about the culture of Wofford Media all day and how it's impacted my life, both personally and professionally, but we only got 30 minutes. We only have 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Steve is asking a question 
uh, the the Steve Alter. Oh, sorry, which Steve? Yeah, like, well, let me clarify. Um, so Steve wants to know, um, how do our conferences contribute to our culture? Well, I think we have a cult conference picture. Yes. At some point. Speaking of which, not rehearsed. Uh, yeah, not yeah. rehearsed. Uh, so Steve didn't know this because he wasn't here. Yeah. Um, so we can get it all the way. There's a there's a rumor that if you sit next to me in a picture, you don't get to come back. Rachel and Melanie are still here. Unfortunately, the other person's not. The person behind uh, you is behind, yeah. Um, is no longer with Alfred, but. Um, so don't be scared to stand next to Tom. But meanwhile, we have proof of this over the years. I do not have those pictures yeah. today, but those exist in almost in every company picture. <laughs> One person, either in front, left, or right, is not with us the next company picture. Yeah. So now I have to sit on the end all the time so there can be fewer people next to me. <laughs> yeah. I always sit in the middle to be part of the guys and gals. Um, <laughs> but our, our conference has started... Uh, may get the year wrong here because I'm terrible sometimes. Yeah. I believe it was 1991. Mm -hmm. might have been 93. I think mm -hmm. it was 91. Yeah. And we were changing over uh, to full component video, which now seems ancient, but at the time it was new. And uh, we didn't have a big uh, audio department at that time, and we didn't have a lighting department, uh, but we had 21 people, and we went to Port Aransas, Texas, and we spent three days um, going over everything we could for Showside, and it included many freelancers. Uh, we had a small staff, and so we've done that every two years ever since. And I think it is really key. Uh, one of the things when you're in my position and Steve's position as uh, uh, owners and now operators of company is we don't even invite it to the competitions uh, shows too much. And so freelancers are invaluable. Uh, we try to take their input a lot on what works and what doesn't work. And then again, the road guys, what's really going right and what's really going wrong. And we're all so busy that we don't, it seems weird, but we actually don't see each other that much except at those special events. Uh, we don't have three video engineers on a show. There's three different shows with a video engineer apiece and, and projection, et cetera. And so to have the opportunity to come together and really go over things, and we try to include sales so that they see how their actions are affecting. And I think it has been an uh, invaluable part. Uh, this picture was four years ago. Uh, I believe, uh, it's hard to believe, but it uh, was a year ago this summer when we had our last one. I think we had over 80 uh, people in attendance mm -hmm. and I think most everybody we do try to have fun we do some good food uh, um, when we're at these events and we drink a couple of drinks uh, while we're out but um, it is really a key part uh, of the Alford culture and giving everybody a voice we we try really hard Steve and I and Gary Scott Melanie there are certain things we do not attend so that everybody can be as open as possible uh, with each other and uh, and I think they all learn that, you know, porch time, we really do want to hear not only the good, but the bad. We want to hear about things that are going wrong. Fortunately, a lot goes right. And one of the difficulties sometimes is getting um, input to make things better. Because like we, uh, since the very first one, communication is a big topic. And we communicate, I think I can say uh, more than any AV company out there. Every person can see literally what every other person got. And yet we're still trying to improve that on a constant basis. Uh, as I tell clients, I can't promise you they read everything, I can promise you they got everything. And uh, with these conferences sometimes it's like, well it's too much, we need it in a more concise form. It's because there's, there's so much stuff we don't get it read, and so we try to modify uh, that, and uh, the operations team goes to work on that. Mm -hmm. Our, uh, these items seem to always get missed. And it's funny, uh, quite often you'll have something, I hate the words always and never, right? because except for paying taxes and dying, there's not much in human life. Uh, if you're in college and the, the question, it's about people and it says always or never, the answer is false. Right. 
you got it right right there. But sometimes people feel like something's always happening, and then they get with their fellow people out there, and they realize, no, it's only happening to them. <laughs> and if I tell them that, it can be offensive. If you're there with a lot of other techs, and they're all like, no, you know, I do this, and I never have that problem, it's just hugely more effective. Yeah. And so uh, I hope we have many more. They're a lot of work, but they're really a work of love. And uh, <laughs> Rachel raised her eyebrows. Rachel, <laughs> Melanie, and, and the staff, it's a lot of work. Uh, yeah. Dude, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the three days, uh, typically, uh, that we have them, um, those of us who are in leadership and, and the operations side, uh, they're pretty much 20-hour days. Yes. And you're expected to smile the whole time. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't. Uh, I don't have to golf. Steve takes care of that, right. and um, we do usually get to shoot guns. Uh, me and Mr. Scott and a few others, Pat Reed, take care of that. So it's a little more fun. Uh, quite often, I'm the cook, but uh, they're a key part of Alford and something I hope that stays a tradition. Yes, and you brought up the porch time, which is something I hadn't thought about at the conferences. But when we do look at venues for the conference, we're looking to see if they have yeah, porches. Porch. That's literally like on our checklist, which. I think it's so funny, yeah. like now that you say, to say it out loud, it's like, oh, we really need a good porch uh, to talk to Tom Alford because that's that's what we do. He smokes cigars indoors without being a criminal. Uh, so porch time's important and um, uh, nothing better than some huge pecan trees or oak trees. This last place we were at had beautiful oak trees yeah. that almost were coming through the building uh, and a beautiful view. And it was kind of funny. The location was mainly for family reunions. <laughs> and uh, this is her version of a family reunion. For sure, for sure. And we've got Michael Saperton watching. Hi, Michael. And we've got this picture of you. <laughs> so, at these uh, things, we often do what's called Boney Awards. We poke fun at ourselves and each other. And so, uh, you know, the Loch Ness Monster can be hard to find. And uh, I've been told Michael can be difficult to find on loadout. <laughs> so his fellow uh, roadies uh, nominated him for the Loch Ness Award, which he got one year. Um, and we have a lot of... Uh, Pretty silly yeah, yeah. Uh, awards, and they're almost always nominated by their fellow uh, roadies out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll make this our last question. We've got a good one from Robert Faircloth, who also asked us a question last time. Thank you, Robert. Uh, he wants to know if we've found a way to repurpose our trucks and trailers to help uh, with some supply chain problems. Unfortunately, no. Um, early on, uh, Several people, including Candace, was, was working on some uh, different ideas. Uh, I contacted uh, several people, um, but uh, from what I can tell, uh, you know, we're not we're in the trucking of AV gear business, but we were absolutely willing to trade over truck toilet paper, uh, or hand sanitizer, um, or anything else um, uh, to one keep people employed and two help with the situation. But there were so many items not moving. Uh, that the trucking really apparently was not an, an issue. It was more of the supply uh, pre-truck. So uh, for instance, we do uh, shows for one of our clients, Cisco Foods, and all of a sudden they were idle because they supply food to restaurants. And yep. so all of a sudden they had a fleet of trucks and you would think everybody needed food and toilet paper right. that, that they sell, but their toilet paper goes on little industrial rows and won't fit at your house <laughs> and the food is in large quantities. And so uh, I know several companies like that um, like us, had trucks idled. Um, if anybody out there has a need and money for a tractor trailer or a bobtail, I have both drivers and, um, uh, as long as it's not contraband, um, trucks willing to move uh, anything. 
at this time. And if it'll help the situation or help someone else out, we absolutely would entertain that. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So if you do have a need, Robert or anyone um, that you know of an organization that we could help, please email Tom or myself um, or leave a message here on Facebook for us. So that's going to wrap us up for today. Again, thank you everyone for listening, for the comments and the questions, and we'll be back in two weeks. We don't know what we're going to talk about yet. It could be anything. So let us know what you'd like to hear Tom Alford talk about, and we'll make that our topic. And so we will see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.